If you're a believer, can we do just that? Can we lift up the name of the Lord here this morning? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. They find safety. Amen. Well, it's so good to see all of you. I hope you've had a good week. Thank you for being in God's house. I'm going to talk to you out of my heart. I want to talk to you on this subject. Tension in transition. Tension in transition. God bless you. You can be seated. I want you, if you will now, to go to the book of First Samuel chapter 1 and verse 19. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Verse 19, then they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Verse 20, so it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Verse 21, now Elkanah and all of his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, not until the child is winged, then I will take him and he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. Verse 23, so Elkanah, her husband, said to her, do what seems best to you. Wait until you have winged him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had winged him. Now, weaning is a process by where a child learns to get nourishment other than its mother's milk. And I've been told, but... I'm not a woman, of course, but I've been told by my wife that weaning a child is a very difficult process. It's difficult for both the mother and the child. It's difficult for the mother because she may have feelings of sadness, anxiety, guilt, and even rejection in this process called weaning. It's also difficult for the child because the child has great security next to its mother. It has great comfort. And now that is being slowly but surely taken away. And weaning is really the hope, not that the child will get less nourishment, but the hope is is that now the child will begin to graduate from just its mother's milk to more solid foods It will actually nourish the child and the child will begin and will continue to develop and grow. If you really look at weaning, weaning is just another word for transition. There is tension in transition. It's leaving for that child what is familiar and what is comfortable and what is known And it is leaving now into its next season of life. And the Holy Spirit told me that some of you here this morning are feeling the tension in transition. Somebody in this room, the Lord gave me this word for you. You are feeling tension in transition. Some of you are leaving full-time employment and now you're going into retirement. That's a new season. And even though you may be rejoicing, it's still different than what you've been doing. After 35 years of knowing what you were doing, now you're waking up and it's a different season. You still have purpose, but it's going to look different. I've been thinking about our graduates. We've got a number of graduates that are about to graduate from high school, and that's a wonderful thing. But it can also be a scary thing because now they're transitioning from what they have known for 18 years. They knew exactly where they were going, what they were doing to now. Do they transition from high school? Do they go to college? Do they start a career? What does this look like? Some of you are transitioning from marriage and you're transitioning back into being single again. 
For the past nine months, I haven't told you this, there's, but for the past nine months, I've been, my wife and I have been walking one of our dearest friends through divorce. He's in ministry. He's a licensed minister. He has three kids. Janet and I have been walking him through this very difficult divorce and difficult season. The good news is uh, last week, I believe it was, or two weeks ago, is the first time that my dear friend and I have laughed in over nine months. We've done a lot of crying. We've shed a lot of tears. But the last two weeks, we started laughing, and that is a wonderful thing. But now he is having to go through getting back out there again. He's got three kids. And now what does this look like to go from having been married all these years to be single now to possibly um, his heart healing and him getting to a place that he actually wants to step back out there again and see what is in his future. And that's very difficult for us to go through these times of change and transition. There is tension in transition when you're used to one thing and suddenly it changes. When you're used to one job and now they walk in because corporate America does not care about you. They don't care that you give them 30 years. It's all business to them. And they'll give you a pink slip after 30 years and give you a watch and move you right along. But now what do you do with the tension in the transition because you're used to one thing and now suddenly there is another. Some of you have been used to one style of leadership and now you're under a different style of leadership. Some of you have transitioned from various churches to uh, various denominations, and now you're here worshiping with us. And I'm going to tell you something. It's difficult to learn a new culture and go to a new church and meet new people. Can I just talk to you from my heart? This is why nobody in this room needs to look somebody up and down that's new. Please, they're a human being. They have value, red, yellow, black, and white. They don't need a bunch of Christians to judge them. They need somebody to love them. They find and face enough hell out in the week without coming to church and experiencing it here. This is why we are striving to to let heaven kiss the earth every Sunday morning. Because God knows we're going through a bunch of stuff and we need heaven to touch us. I want you to know I'm not mad. But I am passionate about what I want to say this morning. I want to go a little deeper. Can I go? I want you to look at Joshua chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, Then the manna ceased on the day that they first ate from the crops of the land. And it was never, say never. It was never seen again. Ladies and gentlemen, here's what you must understand about God. God will bless you one way for 40 years, and the next day, the manna was never seen again. It's never been seen in 2,000 years. God used it for 40 years, but it was never seen again. He did not choose to keep blessing Israel through manna because now they were walking into a new season and they were about to eat from the produce of the land and it was no longer manna coming down from heaven, but it was eating fruit from trees they hadn't planted and drinking water from wells they had not dug and living in houses that they did not build because God didn't want them to go backwards. He actually wanted them to go forward. It's not that he wanted them to get less nourishment. He wanted them to get more. But even when there is transition, when you're used to one thing, and now God says suddenly, the manna has ceased and I'm going to bless you a different way. Here's what the Holy Spirit is asking me to ask you. Can you learn to eat from another tree? After God has blessed you one way, are you willing for God to bless you another way? 
after you've been walking with God and certain things you felt like were required of you, but God is now showing you, I want you to walk this away. I've got more for you. Are you willing to leave what is in your past in order to walk with God into your future? Because God never gets involved with you to decrease you. If God is leading you, he is leading you to a place of abundance and a place of increase. For 40 years, they didn't have anything to worry about. God fed them every day. But the day came, ladies and gentlemen, that the manna stopped. And it wasn't that Israel had sinned. Moses did not need to call a fast and a three-week revival. Israel had not gotten off of the tracks. It was simply they were coming into a new season. And Israel is now going to have to learn to be blessed in a different way. I want to ask this sweet congregation, can you and I learn to eat from a different tree? Or will you demand God bless you the way he used to bless you? There's a man in this room right now. He's just lost his job, something he's done for a long time. And man, my Lord, you know, I'm losing my job. I'm this age. I'm not, this man's not 22 anymore. But can I tell you, when one door shut, another door has just opened. I believe it's a better job. I had a man put $500 in my hand the other night and say, Pastor, I know God told me to give this to you. There's a need going to arise. The need arose two days later. That $500 was a blessing. The man called me back and said, Pastor, I just want you to know God blessed it seven times. Seven times five is $3,500. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you can't outgive God. When you understand that God is not about taking from you, God just wants you to plant a seed so he can bless it and grow it and bring you back a harvest. Transition is going to come to everyone. But the question is, can you be weaned from yesterday? Oh, this is in my spirit. Can you be weaned from yesterday? Can God take you from what is familiar to what is different? And lead you into what he has for you now. We got around the campfire the other night at, at men's fishing trip there in Toledo. We talked about uh, former pastors in a good way. It was all good. Talked about Brother Bennett and the revivals under Brother Bennett. Talked about uh, Pastor Hennigan and the great word of God that the man would would bring and, and, and this church has had numerous revivals and numerous moves and miraculous moves of God. Sister Grove, wave your hand over there. That lady can tell you stories of the miraculous and we need to go back and re remember and reminisce of the goodness of God and, and what God has done. That's important that we do that and it's important that we tell our children about miracles in the past. Y'all, I'm passionate this morning. Stay with me. But I want to tell you something. As much as Molly has heard about those miracles from Brother Bennett and Brother Hennigan, it's important to me that Molly hears about the miracles that God wants to do in 2023. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I'm passionate about having more than cute church. I am about having church where the power of Almighty God demonstrates himself. There is going to come a time in your life you're going to go through some seasons where God's not speaking. You're going to go through some seasons where it is dark. You're going to go through seasons where it feels dry. And that's when you reach back and you say, I know God did this for me. I know I wasn't dreaming it up or making it up. I know God healed my body. I know God brought me out. I know God put that blessing in my I wish I had somebody to help me preach this morning. Come on, I wish I had somebody to help me preach this morning. I need you to stand up and give God five seconds of your best praise.
You can be seated. God didn't call me to do this by myself. I said, God didn't call me to do this by myself. I am challenging you to right now, somebody needs to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. This is more than having cute church. This is more about life transformation. Where is the God of Elijah in 2023? Does the fire still fall? I got to get this out of my spirit. I'm not mad. I promise to God I'm not mad. I am not mad, but I'm going to tell you something. The only thing, the only thing that separated Elijah from the rest of the prophets was the fire that fell when he prayed. If the fire would not have fallen, it would have looked like he was just another false prophet. But when the fire fell because he prayed, everybody knew who was God's prophet. And what I am saying is this, when the fire falls in this church, people are going to hear it. It's going to be noised abroad. I appreciate the revivals in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000. I do. I'm sincere. But I want to see it. And I want my children to see it. And I want your children to see it. And I want baby Hudson, who is up here dancing, to see it. I want her to see it. We got to have our own experiences. Let's talk about the experiences of the past. Great. Let's remind ourselves of those great days. But let's not forget, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, somebody. We can talk about the good old days of vinyl records. How many of you remember vinyl records? You're old. Yeah, you're old. Uh-huh, you remember, Carlton? You remember the days of vinyl? Boy, you're old. I didn't know he was that old. Hey. You know, those good old days of vinyl records, right? But here's the question. Can you transition now to iTunes? Can you transition now to Apple Music? Can you transition now to Spotify? Do you realize I don't even have a a, a vinyl record player in our house anymore? Long gone are eight tracks. How many remember eight tracks? You're really old. You don't come off of Noah's Ark. How many remember cassette tapes in the 80s? Now it went to CDs. Now you can't even buy a car with a CD player in it. You got to hook up your phone and play your playlist. The question is, can you transition from what used to be? Are we going to try to keep taking the church back to the 40s and just talk about the move of God in the 40s? Or are we going to keep marching on and say we believe in a God that wants to heal, save, transform, and deliver today? Mm. Hey, we can talk about the 50s and how great America was in the 50s. Ronald Reagan in the 80s. Ronald Reagan's my favorite president. We can talk about how good America was. But let me ask you, now, how are you going to live for God in 2023? We can talk about, man, we wish we could take America back to the 50s. Wish we could take it back to the 80s. In a sense, I wish we could too, but we can't. We're never going back there. The culture in America has changed. The world has shifted. We are now living like exiles in America. And I'm going to just talk. Can I preach? I'm going to tell y'all what I want to do, what my flesh wants to do. I'm going to tell you what my flesh wants to do. I want to partner up with Paul Stewart and several of you other guys and go out there and buy us about 200 acres, build a big old fence around it, and let's say, let's just plant right here and stay safe. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm living in a world in America that I never thought I'd see the day of the craziness that is going on from top to bottom. Blows my mind. And part of me says, I just want to build a big old wall and get safe. But the word tells me, behold, I've sent you out like sheep among wolves. 
because it was never God's plan, ladies and gentlemen, for us to build a big old wall and for us to live on a compound and sing kumbaya and just pat one another on the back because we're living for Jesus. Jesus says, go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Mm. I'm going to ask you right now, can you transition and can you live the abundant life with all the chaos and hail and confusion and frustration and fear and anger that's going on in our world? We're seeing Hollywood. Y'all, I'm, I'm going to just tell y'all something. Hollywood, there's some people that look flat out goofy. I mean, they look, they look goofy. They done tucked and nipped and stitched and sewed to where they look goofy. You know what they're trying to do? I'm going to tell you. They're trying to get back a day that will never be again. I don't care how good your plastic surgeon is. You can't make a 75-year-old look like a 25-year-old. That ship has done sailed, baby. And Hollywood looks goofy because they're trying to get something back that will never be again. And what I want to say is quit trying to take the church back. Oh, I'd sing if they had sing a song out of the songbook and get that screaming guitar and drums out of my ear. I could have some church. Can you have church in 2023 when we're singing a praise course that you don't like? Because it's not about you and your preferences. It's about lifting up the name of the Lord. Hey, there's songs I don't like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's not about my preferences. I didn't come here for it to be about me. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I do like it when they bring one of those old songs back. Bless the Lord. I love those old hymns. But you know what? I also praise God when it's, I love's like a hurricane and I am the tree. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I never thought of it that way, but you know, praise God. <laughs> right? I mean, really, you know, it, I, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not my favorite song, but <sighs> I'm not going to sit down and say, well, that's so stupid. I ain't worshiping on that. Because it's not about me and my preferences. It's about God. And it's about lifting him up. And it's about here we are in 2023. What am I going to do now? Oh my God. Can I keep preaching? Can I keep preaching? Here's what the Holy Spirit told me to tell somebody. You're still weeping over what happened to you 30 years ago. You're still weeping over what happened to you 30 years ago. And I'm going to tell y'all, I'm preaching this right now because part of me, and I'm just being transparent with you, part of me right now at 55 years of age, I want to sit down and I want to cry over what I wished I would have known at 25. And I look back over some of the stupid things that I did. Was I saved? Yes, I was saved. But I was immature and I was extremely selfish. And I've hurt Janet a lot in the past 30 years because I was so stinking selfish. I'm not mad. I'm mad at myself. Hindsight's 2020. But how could I have been so blind? How could have I been so naive? And I look back and I see where I could have saved myself and my sweet wife a lot of hurt. But because of pride and ego and self-centeredness. I put a lot of wounds in my sweet wife because of my foolishness. And I look back and I said, man, Wayne, how it could have been different. And don't get me wrong. God is so gracious to have given me a sweetheart. And Janet loves me and I love her. And I am totally indebted to Jesus and to Janet for where I am today. But when I look back, I want to just sit down and weep over what I didn't do. What I should have done and what I should have known better, but I didn't. 
And the question is now, Wayne Nealon, will you transition into a new season of your life at 55? Or will I waste my time whining about what I can't change? And will I decide to take all of my pain and to use it for your gain? Or will I take my pain and hide it in shame and not be transparent and act like I've had it all together all along? Can I keep preaching? Look at 1 Samuel 16 and 1. The Lord said to Samuel, How long, Samuel, are you going to mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king? How long? I don't think God had a problem with Samuel lamenting, mourning, weeping, crying over Saul. But there came a day when God said, that's enough. You shed the last tear. It's time for you, Samuel, to get up. Because I still have purpose. Even though somebody didn't follow through with my purpose. What you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is that all of us have a choice. Can I get transparent with you? I pray to God I never do this. But I'm going to tell you, I could lose out with God and I pray I never do. But if I do, that doesn't mean you need to. You need to keep making the choice to keep serving God. Because every one of us in this room have a choice to make. Are you with me? And God was like, Samuel, get up. Stop mourning. I'm going to ask all of us a question. Will you be honest? Please don't push this behind to your neighbor. Take it, take it, take it. Why do we try to hold on to things when God has told us to stop crying? Now I'm going to pause long enough to tell you something. Pause break. I told David Grigsby the other day, I said, great, David, you need son to stop and grieve over your loss. You, you, you invested 20 years into one place and you didn't see this going the way it went. You need to grieve over your loss. I want to pause and tell you that you need to grieve over all of your losses. It's very important. However, God did not have a problem with Samuel grieving over Saul. But apparently it was going on for too long. There does come a day when God says, get up. Let's move on. I got purpose for you. Now, it's difficult to say this, but there are some people, there are some circumstances and situations we must move on from. Why? Because as long as the prophet Samuel was mourning over Saul, he was solely focusing on his past. And as long as you're weeping over the way God used to bless you, you can't walk into this new season of how God wants to bless you. And as long as you're crying, I got to preach to somebody. I'm here to tell you the Holy Ghost has told me to tell somebody, you need to quit crying over somebody that left. Stop. Listen, I'm not mad. Stop trying to make people love you that will never love you. When I came here to be pastor, there was people that got a petition to try to get me out. Why? Because it was changed. They didn't know me. They wasn't comfortable with me. But guess what? I'm not proud about this, but they're not here and I still am. I'm here to tell you, you've got to get a backbone. I can tell this is going over like a crocheted bathtub, but I'm going to keep preaching. I don't know who you are in this building, but I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you. You've been crying long enough. You've been weeping over what was yesterday long enough. Hey, do you think God's brought you this far to leave you now? Come on. God didn't get involved with you to leave you now. But the longer Samuel grieved, the longer he put God's purposes on hold. 
Listen to what God tells Samuel. Here it is in chapter 16, verse 1. Here's what he says. Samuel, get up. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Let me bring it down in today's terms. Basically, God told Samuel, get up because I found a man. And that man is going to be a man after my own heart. And God is saying to somebody in this room, please stop crying over the people that left, over the people that no longer in your life. Stop crying over that job, that missed opportunity, and say, if God be for me, then who can be against me? If you're with me, say amen. Amen. Do you understand that God had a great future for Israel? And God has a great future for you. You just have to learn to be blessed from a different tree. I'm going to just tell you the truth is we all whine sometimes. I said, we all whine sometimes. Do I have anybody that's ever whined in this house? Do I have anybody that's ever thrown a self-pity party and attended it? Come on. The rest of you are lying. Because we've all gone down that street. We've all thrown self-pity parties. We've all whined. But listen, it's hard to win when you're whining. Yes. Did God leave Israel because the manna stopped? No. He just wanted to bless them in a different way. There is tension in transition. But what separates people is how we deal with it. So you didn't expect to be divorced at 35. Now what? So you didn't expect to lose that job after 20 years. Now what? So you didn't expect your family to go through a health crisis. Now what? Here's what one writer said, and I hope they put it on the screen. Things don't go wrong to break your heart so you can become bitter and give up. They happen to break you down, to build you up. So you can be all that you were intended to be. If you don't understand God, when you see a red hot iron go into a very wrinkled cloth, you can think, why is God doing that? But God is not tearing you down because he's got nothing better to do. If he breaks you down, it's because he wants to build you up. Because you walk in a Jacob and you come out an Israel. You walk in a deceiver and you come out a prince. Most of the time, transition is not fun. The reason I'm so passionate about this because um, I've been through numerous transitions. Difficult. Doesn't feel good. It doesn't make sense. Feel like you could lose your mind. You cry. You pray. You pace. You can't wait till it's over. But just know that through all of this, God will use it to get you ready for where you're going. Mm. I want to encourage you this morning, all of you sweet people, I want to encourage you with the hope of knowing that God is in control. And He will bring good out of bad. And He will plan on and does plan on using your pain for purpose. Now through all I went through, here's what I learned. Don't curse the object of your transformation. I'm going to say that again. Don't curse the object of your transformation. If the caterpillar curses the cocoon, it curses the very thing that creates the most beautiful change in its life. God would take Joseph from prison to prime minister, but in the middle there's tension. It's called transition. And guess what he faced in the middle? It'd be 11 jealous brothers. There'd be false accusations and there'd be prison time. That's all in the middle. Here's what you need to understand about God. God will show you the end. He won't show you all the hell you have to go through in the middle. You know why? Because that's an anchor point. 
Because when you're going and all hell is broke loose, you go back. I know God gave me that dream. I wasn't hallucinating. I didn't smoke crack. I know God gave me a dream. And that dream somehow is going to bring me through the rough storms, the rough times. And those are going to be anchor points in my life. Because I know that God didn't get involved with me to leave me here. He's got something better for me. Can I keep preaching? But don't curse it, Joseph. Don't curse the prison. Don't curse your 11 jealous brothers. Don't curse the false accusations because it's going to take that to turn you into a prince. David, David, King David. Yeah, you're a smelly little shepherd boy right now tending your father's sheep. But don't curse Saul because it's going to be Saul that's going to have you to be a man after God's own heart. I told somebody in this house, it ain't always what you learn. Sometimes it's what you learn not to do. I believe that David was the man he was because he learned what not to do watching Saul. Whatever, you're, whatever transition you're in right now, listen, I'm going to encourage you. Don't pick up a sword and try to kill it. Y'all, I know people. I've been, in, I've been around people a long time. Y'all hear what I'm fixing to tell you. Here's what people will do. They'll shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna one week. And the very same people the next week will shout, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. That's people. That's people. That's why you don't put your confidence in people. Don't put your confidence in me. You put your confidence in God. You follow me as long as I follow Christ. But if you see old brother Wayne starting to follow something else, you make your exit. Don't put me on no pedestal. I don't deserve to be there. I'm just a man just like you are. I'm subject to fall just like you do. By the grace of God, I won't. By the grace of God, we're going to all make heaven together. But what I'm telling you is this. People are fickle. And the same, I know what would have happened. The same people that would have told David, there's Saul. There he is. You got him. Take him out. Take him out. Would have been the same people that said, I, I, I can't believe you just did that. I can't believe you just did that, David. I thought you was a better man than that. They just told him an hour ago, take Saul out. Now he took him out. Now they're saying, I can't believe you did that. That was the wrong thing to do. That's why you cannot listen to people. You better have a leader in your life that you trust and you better have a God that speaks to you. I'm preaching better than you're responding. Come on, somebody. Winners find a way and whiners find an excuse. You just have to decide who you're going to be. I'm going to just ask you a question. Is it even possible, ladies and gentlemen, to be Abraham Lincoln without going through the Civil War? Is it even possible to be Helen Keller without being born blind? Is it even possible to be Corey Ten Boone without going through the Holocaust? Is it even possible to be Martin Luther King Jr. without going through prejudice and racism? Neither is it possible for you to be who God wants you without going through seasons of transition and misunderstanding and dark nights and stormy days. I'm trying to hurry, but can I just tell you, it wasn't what Jesus said on the cross that redeemed us. It's what he suffered. Can I say it again? It wasn't what he said on the cross that redeemed us. It's what he suffered. Because he suffered, we have forgiveness of sins. Because he was willing to tie himself to a whipping post and be flogged by the very men he created. We have the healing of our bodies. I'm not saying that God wants you to suffer. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we all do because we live in a broken world. And how we transition through changes in our life sets us up for the next season. Carl, would Carl help me, please? I've asked Carl to help me right quick. And uh, I also asked him if I could use him as an example. He reluctantly said yes. After I twisted his arm and it was almost in my office broke. He said, I guess so, Pastor. Carl, 
I want you to come up. And I just want to show you something. I'm wrapping this up, I promise. Go out into the field, Carl. With a bow and an arrow. And try to shoot that arrow without pulling and bringing tension on that string. Try it, Carl. Just put the boat in the, and the arrow and try now to launch it without pulling the string. Did I say something wrong? What are y'all laughing at? Hmm? See, that's, see, some of you want easy street. And this is what happens when there's no tension in your life. You know, you know what? Listen, if you do not put tension on this bass string, it will not make a sound. You got to put tension on it. And some of you are wondering, why is this tension going on in my life? Because God don't want you to sit and soak and get sour. God wants you to get off of your little Easter keister and serve. I'm not mad, I promise you. Do you understand that there is going to be no launch of this era until there's tension on the string? Come on, you don't even know what you're praying for. God, use me. God, I want you to use me. God, I'll go anywhere, do anything. God, I'll say anything, just use me. Okay. Now, pull that bow back. I want you to see the tension on this thing. I want you to pull it back. Pull that bow back. (laughs) How much tension is on that, Carl? Well, about what? If 70 pounds, 80? 70 pounds of tension on that, on that, on that string right there. Because you, listen, you cannot be propelled without being pulled. You're not going to sail into the next chapter of your life unless you let God put you in a little tension called transition. Because God loves you who you are, as Brother Grisby said, but he loves you too much to let you stay the way you are. And so if you're ever going to be used by God, you have to understand there's going to be tension in the middle of your life. Because God's taking you from an angry man to a calm man. He's taking you from a selfish individual to an individual that will say, send me, Lord, I'll go. I asked Carl if I could use him, and I'm wrapping this up. But do you understand, ladies and gentlemen, Carl, hold on just a minute. Carl, his grandfather was a denominal preacher. Carl, there is one denomination that that's all Carl has known. All of his life, he knew one denomination. But God had a plan for Carl. And he had a plan for Jen. And so you know what he did? He put tension on the string. And you don't even know how many conversations, step up here, Carl, that me and Carl have had over, you know what he said? You know what he's told me numerous times? Pastor, I don't know if I can make the trip, didn't you? I don't know if I can be a Pentecostal. Isn't that what you said? I'm still not sure. (laughs) I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure. You know why? Because it's so different than where he came from. And some of you that's been in this 40 and 60 years, you can't understand. That's why, that's why I give a lot of grace to a lot of people in Celebrate Recovery and Hope House. Some of you never had some, some, some long-term addictions. And do I believe that God can transform you literally overnight? Yes, I do. And do I want that? Yes, I do. But you know what? Sometimes it just may take a little longer for some than others. But I don't see God inviting you into his house and then kicking you out of his house because you hadn't got it on the first try.
I'm going to even go a step further. Me and Carl have had numerous conversations. And I said, Carl, you would do certain things if I asked you because you respect me. But it's not about you respecting me. It's about God giving you revelation. It's not about men. It's not about men trying to force something down you. It's about God leading you. Because obviously, God has more. And Carl has been willing to take that trip. Carl and Jen, Jen, stand up. You got somebody with you? Stand up. Who's ever with her? Is that Macy? Macy? I want you to know as your pastor... Janet and I, who love you deeply. I've never made the transition that you've made, but I honor you, I love you, and I respect you. And it is an honor to have you in this house. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate it. Launching you into another season requires tension. Why? Because life demands growth. And each time we stay the same, we experience pain and not joy. And whiners live in the past, regretting where they've come from, and they fear the future. And winners create joy right where they are. Okay, here's what I told Molly. I had a good talk. Every now and then, me and Molly have a good talk. Come up here, Molly, please. Here's what I told Molly. I said, Molly, I want you to remember this, sweet pea. I want you to remember this. Nothing, Molly, outside of yourself will ever satisfy you. She says, well, what about God? I said, God's not outside of you. He's in you. I said, listen to me, girl. Don't you go looking for a boy to complete you. I've heard of a man. I don't know him personally. I'd love to meet him personally, but I've heard of this man. He's a well-known man. Here's what he said. He's a very well-known pastor. Here's what he said. He said, I know personally 25 billionaires. And he said, I've talked to them. I know them. And he said, every one of me, every one of them tell me that it's still not enough. Now, you can either choose to believe that or not believe it. Let you decide. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm just going to give you something to think about. Nothing outside of yourself will ever satisfy you. You say, what do you mean by that? When you get one drink, you want another. When you get a hundred dollar bill, you want another. Can I just be real transparent? When you have SEX with one, then you want SEX with another. Because it never stops. Because the eyes of man are never satisfied. And the more you allow, stay up here, sweet pea. Here, here, here's what the Lord wants. The more you can be satisfied with him, the more he can be glorified through you. I'm going to say that again. The more you can be satisfied with him, the more he can be glorified with you. But if you're always looking for something more to satisfy you, you're never going to be content because you're always looking for the next woman, the next man, the next dollar, the next drink, the next meal, the next thrill, the next adventure. Are you with me? And there's tension in transition Because God wants you to rest in him and know that what he wants, he knows how to get you where he wants you. Okay, I'm done. I just want to encourage you. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are ahead of you. Y'all, I told you, I just got, I just got preaching me this morning. You say, man, I'm getting older. Just think about this. Moses didn't do his best work till he was 80. You say, I'm getting older. Just think about this. God didn't give Abraham the promise till he was a hundred. Just think about this. I'm too young. Paul told Timothy, do not despise your youth. Don't despise the day of your youth. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. 
God can use you whether you're 18, 16, 25, or 75. He's not looking so much for ability. He's looking for availability. Can I get a witness? You want to be propelled? Then guess what? There's going to be some tension in your life. What do I do with that? You just choose worship over worry. I'm just going to... Come on, somebody. You choose forgiveness over resentment. You choose to get better instead of bitter. And you don't give up. If you're going to be an overcomer, you get up. I'll end with this story. When we came and was voted in on August the 18th, we had a little bottle of sparkling cider in Spring, Texas, living in a large house. Very beautiful home on a very beautiful acre of ground behind a gated community. I'm telling you this for a reason. Molly, you remember that? Yeah. So we all, when we got the call, I think it was David Robinson called me and said, Pastor, you've been voted in by uh, whatever percentage. We popped that top and we poured us a glass of sparkling cider and we toasted. What did, what did I say? Hey, when I make a mistake, 300 people know it. When you make one, you only know it. So give me a break. I poured a glass of sparkling, non-alcoholic cider. And we toasted. And we cried. And we were so happy. Because I had told Janet, I said, Janet, here's what's going to happen. I know in my spirit for a solid year. Here's what's going to happen, sweetheart. Either we're fixing to start another church or we're fixing to take one. But I know in my spirit, it's about to change. And when that change came, we laughed. We rejoiced. We were so excited about coming to De Quincey. But can I tell you something? When we came, we transitioned out of a 3,000 plus square foot house into less than a 300 square foot apartment. When we transitioned, we came from a house where nobody was around us to where we could hear all of y'all walking through the breezeway on a Sunday morning. Trey came from a brand new 5A school, Molly did too, to a school that's quite older. And Debbie, I'll never forget it. When we pulled up in our car and Trey saw that school, I'm not being ugly, but we all cried. We all cried. Because guess what? Even though we were excited, there was tension in the transition. And I've never told you all this, but I'm going to tell you now. For three years, you loved us. But I'm going to tell you all, the Quincy can be clannish. It can be cliquish. And for three years we came to church and I walked on eggshells and my stomach stayed in knots. And it's not because you're not good people. It's because I was in transition. And you were having to learn me and I was having to learn you. And there's many a time that we took these two babies right here and held them and said, hey, you're strong. It's going to be all right. We're going to make it through because we know God called us here. And God's going to use us here in De Quincey. But can I tell you, there was tension in the transition, wasn't it, Molly? Yes. There was nights that Trey and Molly cried. And I'm not trying to make this out to be something it's not. What I'm trying to tell you is even in a good thing, it can still be tension. And even in a good thing, there can still be tears because you're leaving what is familiar and you're going into the next season of your life. Have you received the word of the Lord? Would you stand and give God praise? All right, I'm going to give you a challenge here. I'm going to give you a very strong challenge before we go. 
How many know that when you're in transition, it's very easy to complain? Okay, I'm going to try that again. Thank you for the 10 hands that went up, but we're going to try this again. How many know that when you're in transition, it's very easy to complain? Yeah, there you go. Thank you. That's all of us. I'm going to issue you really what I believe is a life-changing challenge this morning. You don't have to do it. You're not going to get a demerit and miss out on heaven if you don't. But I do believe it, it has the power to change your life. I know without a shadow of a doubt, there are numerous people here this morning that are going through transition and change. And I'm going to issue, I want to issue all of us a challenge for the next 10 days to not complain. Do not let complaining words come out of your mouth. You say, Pastor, if I complain on the second day, what I got to do? Start over. If you complain on the third day, what I got to do? Start from day one. If I complain on day five, what I got to do? You start back on day one. And go ten days without complaining. Because here's what I've learned. You're either going to worry and complain or you're going to worship. Don't, don't pick up your sword right now and try to kill Saul. You know what the Psalms are about? The Psalms are songs of David transitioning through the hard times of Saul. Take your song and worship through it. Don't panic. Pray. Don't stay down. Get up. Don't whine. Say, I'm going to overcome her. I'm going to win through this. Y'all, I really believe with all of my heart, once we transition to this building to that, even as good as it is, some of you got to find a new place to sit. Some of you are going to have to find a new parking spot. Some of you are going to come in a, a different door. It's going to feel different. Even though it's good, it's still going to be change. But I'm telling you what I feel in my spirit. We don't have to wait till then, but when we transition and we get a little bit more room, God's going to help us to fill that place up. And people's lives are going to be transformed through the power of the gospel. Have I made sense today? Okay. I love all of you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Daryl, I love you. I absolutely love this church. I absolutely love you and your kids and your grandkids. I love you. I pray for you every day. But here's what I believe with all of my heart. I believe with all of my heart, God has positioned us for such a time as this. We are about to see one of the greatest harvests that the Pentecostal church of De Quincey has ever seen. Because God has been working on us to position us. Now, I'm not here to beg you, but I'm here to ask you, if you're going to take this challenge with me, because Janet looks at me and says, Wayne, you complain a lot. I say, really? She said, yeah, you don't even realize it. Oh, Jesus, give me grace for what I'm about to do for the next 10 days. Anybody going to take this challenge with me? Are you serious? Are you serious that God helped me not to complain in this time of tension? Look, sweet people, now if you raise your hand, just come up to the front. I'm not going to put my hands on you. We're not going to pray for one another. I just want you to come to the front. I know I've taken a long time, but man, this has been eating me up. Come on, Brother Carlton, we're going to baptize.
Okay, we're going to baptize Donnie's girlfriend, Alexis, this morning in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ for the remission of her sins. As they're getting ready, if you're going to take this 10-day challenge with me, come on up. I want to... I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I'm not going to ask somebody to lay hands on you. We're not going to shake you, pour powder on you, open up the snake jar. Jesus. Alexa, we're happy for you, girl. Proud of you. Go ahead and get in. Just is the water all right? Okay, just stand there just a minute. All right, everybody, can I have your attention? One more time. You're going on this 10-day, no complaining challenge. During your time of transition, raise your hands. Father, you see our hands raised. God, you're not asking for perfection. Nobody's going to get a demerit, but I do believe it's a life-changing challenge. Lord, as people are transitioning from different things and different seasons in their life, it's very easy to complain and whine. But Lord, help us as your people. You see us now accepting a challenge, Father, to not complain in the season that we're in, knowing that we're going to worship through it. We're going to get back up and we're going to rise again and we're going to be everything that you want us to be in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say amen. Amen. Alexa, if you will, girl, step down now. One step. Brother Carlton, he's going to help me today. Take this hand, hold your nose. Take this hand and hold. Alexa, you've been explained what baptism is. This is not, girl, this is not a contract. This is a covenant. You are now entering into a covenant with Jesus Christ. On the old covenant, they had to do certain things. Under the new covenant, this is how you get into it. You are baptized into this covenant by taking on the name of Jesus Christ. All of your sins are now going to be completely washed away. Whatever you've done, whoever you've done it with, however long you've done it, girl, I'm telling you, that's all in your past. You are transitioning right now from death to life, from old to new. Hallelujah. And when you come up out of that watery grave, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to say, God, give me everything you've got for me. I want to walk this out with your grace. Will you do that? Let's on the confession of your faith and the obedience to God's command. We now baptize you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the remission of all your sins. Come on, somebody. Come on. sister a big hand right now. Come on, give our sister a big hand. God bless you. I love you. Here we go. We're going to walk out a 10-day no complaining challenge. The Lord being our helper, I'll see you Wednesday night. I love you. Have a blessed day.